This is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us. My name is Stephanie. And Mark. My Mark. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond I, to I threw you off, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have such good chemistry most of the time, but the intros, sometimes we trip up a little bit. But that's okay. <laughs> Free Talk Live is a show, uh, in case you're just joining us for the first time, Free Talk Live is a show where you can call in and take control of the airwaves. We love to hear from our listeners and hear about what's on their minds. And uh, you can do so at 855-450-FREE. This is, of course, the live Sunday night edition, and Free Talk Live is on every night of the week. That's right, just 7, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Most of the time you'll be hearing Mark, so I only appear on Sunday. Ah, yeah, right, you come <laughs> in to, to help me out on, uh, on, on the, the day that my normal co-host Ian is off. Yes, indeed. Thank you for it. <laughs> I love to be here, Mark, and we've got a lot to talk about tonight. I'm really excited because uh, we've got some interesting show prep for today. Um, you had an article that you wanted to tell me about that involves the TSA, the former TSA head, excoriating the, the TSA. What that's, was that all about? That's right, from businessinsider.com, uh, written by Jaywan Choey. In a scathing article for the Wall Street Journal, former Transportation Security Administration chair Kip Howley slammed the agency, saying, it is a national embarrassment that our airport security wow, system... strong language. That huh? is about as uh, strong as you could make it, right? Yeah. <laughs> that our airport security system remains so hopelessly bureaucratic and disconnected from the people whom it is meant to protect. Ooh, burn. Well, he's telling the truth. It, I mean, it, absolutely. He's Here saying on what Free everybody... Talk Live, we've been talking about this for <laughs> for years and years. And, uh, you know... But maybe, sadly, I, I think people tend to listen more to those who have some kind, kind of credibility, Indeed. I guess. And this guy used to be the, uh, the chair from 2005 to 2009. So about the time that we've been excoriating... Uh, mm. You know, we were we started doing this uh, certainly now, and of course they always come out after the fact, after they've received their pension and everything. I like think that. that that's always <laughs> the interesting part is that this guy was the chair from 2005 to 2009, and you didn't see any of these. You saw that's the time period that they started taking water bottles away from people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they were taking, paper, you know, taking uh, f- fingernail clippers from guys cut returning home from Iraq with their guns in their hands. Making mothers pump their breast milk to prove it's real. <laughs> it's insane all stuff. All manner of ridiculousness. <laughs> <laughs> and <clears throat> what always amuses me, this makes me, this is a, a little bit, for me, a little bit of vindication because how many people have called in to defend the TSA and their nonsense? Oh, we uh, need the TSA, Mark. Don't you know? We'd no. never be safe without them. <laughs> yeah, obviously, obviously that's not true. We're I mean, just being facetious. The stories that come out about the TSA between every – when the stories come out, it's usually somewhere around 60 to 100 percent of guns, knives, and bombs that they test themselves on. Because, by the way, if you try to test your public servants in this way, you will go to prison for oh, a very long time. Yeah. But they test themselves on – they miss when these uh, Wasn't there- tests get leaked. And wasn't there just a big news story about how a, a TSA agent came out and actually said something about how, like, how easy it is to get sure. things passed through the scanners? Absolutely. And so essentially this multi-billion dollar fleet of body scanners that they've been rolling out and causing so many people headaches and trauma and just really hard, hard feelings uh, is useless, It's been essentially. a few, actually, TSA yeah. agents who have come out and said that. I see. And, and yeah, you know, it's, it's the truth. It's just, I mean, you know, sadly, yeah. these things appear to have been pretty much wastes of money. And the middle management, too, in the TSA, like, it, it is a large 
organization, oh, you know, yeah. large division of the federal government. But I heard that most of the bulk of it, I guess, if you will, most of the money that goes to people's salaries is actually basically middle managing bureaucrats. I can't really figure out another way to say that that's nicer. But Howley you know. says that the agency requires a complete overhaul and that it has spent years standing behind a wrongheaded approach to risk. He goes on to say that the rules and regulations in place today are outdated, given modern security improvements. The modern security improvements, as far as these machines go, don't seem to have uh, done much of anything. Never again will a terrorist be able to breach the cockpit um, of a of an airliner simply with a box cutter or a knife. Yeah, um, he says. And, I've said and you've this, been saying this for a long time. I've been saying it for. I mean, because no passenger, if you pull out a knife and say, "I am taking over this airplane." They are going to jump really? on you. Really? Do you have and to say it in a Middle Eastern accent? Say, uh, you can well, say it in that's any... That's what people are concerned about, right? That's <laughs> Maybe. The, some people are. I, I would say that largely people are concerned with that. TSA's profiling. Uh, My friend uh, Ali and I used to travel together, uh-huh. and I can tell you that he believes that they were concerned. So you have uh, a Middle Eastern friend. His name's Ali. You have Ali. a black friend. You have a I've gay got, friend. I, I, I've, got, a I've got a Hasidic Jew friend, too. He's the, god, <laughs> he's the godfather of my child. But I'm telling you, I was there. I watched what happened the guy <laughs> giving you a hard time no I, I do believe that people are afraid of it you know and that it shows in the tsa's you know sort of profile like who they pick for the special screenings you know if it's not a hot woman that they just want to feel up it's basically uh it's people who look brown well you know they, they can't they can't pick right when it comes to these super secret screenings yeah. unless they pick somebody who has a gun knife or bomb on them that's the only time that they pick right because if yeah. you pick an attractive young lady then you're uh you know you're you're a perv if you attract uh, an attractive young man I think it's then you're, safe to say that then you're even more of a perv <laughs> <laughs> if you pick an old person then you're an idiot if you pick a nun then you're a jerk i mean like it just yeah. you can't do it right you pick a kid you're a you're a pedophile yeah. i mean at no point can you you're, you're picking you picking my wife you're in trouble um you know at no point can you pick the right person so it's it's just yeah. nonsense so that's what he means by the wrong-headed approach to risk is that they're just not accomplishing their goals at keeping people safe Right. They're saying that in order to improve, the TSA must focus on managing risk, not enforcing regulations. Terrorists are adaptive and oh, we need to be adaptive, Oh, they love those too. regulations. They really stick closely to them. <laughs> they do. They well, buy they, the book, whatever they think that means, however they interpret it. That's what bureaucracies always do. <laughs> yeah. These people don't care about catching guns, knives, and bombs. They care about keeping their jobs, which is what employees are supposed to care about. <laughs> but if, they're, if they were actually tested on how guns, knives, and bombs got through... And they were incentive, incentivized or in some way, uh, you know, disincentivized in these areas. Maybe that would change. Yeah. But how much knows? do you think it costs to like buy one of them off? I mean, I'm not saying that it's something I would I be know. interested in doing, but I don't think those screeners make very much money. And it how would depend hard do you on think what you would, would want to get through. I mean, if yeah. you just wanted some kind of luxury item that. Uh, well, you know, drugs. I mean, I'd like that's to keep, easy. I'd right? like to keep my uh, pot on me or I want, uh, you know, this <laughs> bottle of water that I prefer. Um, then it's probably not yeah. very much. I can't imagine too many people allowing, you know, oh, sure, I'll let you pay me off to bring that bomb on board. So, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I hope not. They I don't want to be responsible for that. But I, 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 <laughs> if you told me that, I would turn you over to the police. Yeah. So, um, you know, something. I mean, yeah. And, and that says something. So here's some uh, recommendations that Holly makes here. This so is he, the f- wait a minute. He said an overhaul. He wants an overhaul. But he's not saying he's saying all this terrible stuff about the TSA, but he's not advocating for them to go away. I mean, he was a former government bureaucrat. They don't really understand um, that. But I mean, as far as I'm concerned, 
he's already let go of the idea that his job was essential and it was keeping people safe, though, because he's come out. It was essential when he was there from 2005 till 2009, I'll bet you that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now Whenever it's you... in the wrong hands. Whenever you see... to get me back in there. That's his overall plan, right? <laughs> right. These uh, government bureaucrats and politicians, they are addicted to the power because it, you know, I mean, organizations, government bureaucracies, their goal is more funding, more employees. That's how they gain more power. Of course, that's what they want. Yeah. So he says no more banned items aside from weapons. Towley believes the TSA shouldn't be banning items being taken on planes. His explanation, the list of banned items has created an Easter egg hunt mentality at the TSA. <laughs> that's, Worse. that's such a great description. Yeah. I can really envision oh, what he's find saying. A lighter. <laughs> Banning certain items gives terrorists a complete list of what not to, what not to use in their next attack. Lighters are banned. The next attack will use an electric trigger. You know? Yeah. So, Exactly. It, it lets people know what you're looking for. Two, allow all liquids. The benefits are minuscule, but the cost to both the TSA and the flyers are incredible. Yay. I mean, I don't know how many TSA agents they added when they got rid of bottles of water, but Americans are paying a great deal of money to have their bottles of water stolen from them. And then uh, once you get past the into the gate area, of course, then you have to buy the water at ridiculously inflated prices. Right. So. Well, I mean, Qui bono, right? <laughs> demands the same and supplies limited. Exactly. This is Free Talk Live. We'd like to know what you think about the TSA. Should they just go away? It's 855-450-FREE and there's more coming up. Technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. Glad you've joined us this evening. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And you can call us at 855-453-FREE. We've been talking about the TSA and their various fumbling, uh, bumbling attempts to keep people safe that don't really work. Uh, do want to let you know, though, about all the different ways you can listen to Free Talk Live. If you visit listen.freetalklive.com, there's a lot of different options for you to get the show into your ears, including the podcast feed, all the archives, all the live streams, uh, Stitcher, mobile phone apps, and all kinds of good stuff. It's listen.freetalklive.com. If you're looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear, ManVentureOutpost.com is the place to go because they've got all the name brands and they've got them at incredibly reduced prices. They've got knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment. When you type in something like knives, you'll get pages and pages and pages of results at ManVentureOutpost.com. Um, so it's a huge selection. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL when you get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. That's coupon code FTL, ManVentureOutpost.com. All right, Mark, let's get right back into this uh, TSA story. You were going through some recommendations of the former TSA director uh, talking about how the TSA needs an overhaul. And I would say maybe we agree uh, with each other on this, that maybe they don't need an overhaul so much as to just 
go away and allow airlines to manage their own security as they did before the TSA existed. So this is uh, former Transportation Security Administration Chair Kip Howley. Uh, he was chair from 2005 to 2009. Mm-hmm. And to, to redress what you said, because a lot of people will say, well, it's those practices that allowed the people to get on board the planes with the box cutters and cause 9-11. And absolutely, that's a true statement. However, you'd have to ask yourself, how many knives does the TSA stop currently? Because I can tell you, I've... I, I've gotten knives through the TSA by accident. It happens, yeah. you know, happens. And lighters and all lighters kinds of stuff. And all kinds of things go through the TSA by accident. I've had, had all kinds of stories of, of that happening. So the fact that you outlawed them and then put a giant bureaucracy with a bunch of people hassling everybody and making them take their shoes off and stealing their water bottles doesn't mean that you prevented knives from getting on board. Right. Secondarily, the fact is what keeps us safe in the real world is not cops and what keeps us safe on airliners isn't air marshals it's individuals yeah and just like on flight 93 they prevented that uh, airliner from being crashed into where was it going the white house or something um uh it didn't go into a field or something it went into a field yeah but, the, but we don't know where it was going right i, I think they had something uh, targeted mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure what and it well, might have been i don't know some other building yeah of uh, some importance to them and you know the the people's people stopped it and currently you've we've seen since 9/11 especially shortly after 9/11 there are all kinds of people that were injured and killed for acting strangely on planes not even trying to hijack planes just by acting weird because yeah. people are you know fidgety yeah so and and when you're dealing with the generation that was alive when that occurred you're going to be dealing with people that are not going to allow that kind of behavior. Do you think that over time, Americans will become lax decades and decades down down the line? Yeah, I suspect as they forget about what it's like to have that happen, I Maybe, suspect they but, will. But how artificial is it that air, air travel is pretty much the only high-speed means of doing long-distance travel? I mean... The technology is there to have these pipes that people can kind of shoot through at really yeah, high speeds. It's there. It's, it's there to have high-speed trains. It's there to have, you know, magnetic lifts like the monorail system. Well, the magnetic flying the, cars. What you're even. talking about is the uh, is the it is magnetic. The one with the shooting tube thing. Oh, that's magnetic. Yeah, it's, gotcha. It, it's a, it has a magnetic lift. And I didn't say I didn't claim to understand the technology. <laughs> I just said it was there, and it is. I mean, in, in flying cars from there was New York just, to Beijing in two hours. Yeah. I mean, That's hold on. Amazing. Let me repeat myself. That's amazing. New York to Beijing <laughs> in two hours. So yeah, you'd have to you'd have to put these things either they I don't know how they would do them, and only one thing can be in the tube at a time, which makes that very interesting. It's not like you could use the same tube to go from New York to L.A. or New York to uh, Tokyo. Well, that gives a whole new meaning to a series of tubes, right? Yes, it, tubes it, it get truly clogged. is a series of tubes. <laughs> you could make that tube go that way. For instance, one group one thing uh-huh. um, could travel from new york to la and then you would the tube would be clear and then something else could move back and forth but yeah it would be interesting to see how they would come up with uh, what they would come up with and how they would schedule these things and and, and there's so much innovation that's out there you know these think of the savings on jet fuel alone oh yeah it's huge so in our next generation when when my generation who experienced 9 11 um because i was uh you know i was just about a 30 year old man when that occurred yeah so i you was know, about 18 i think yeah so the the 20 year olds when the 20 year olds are 80 uh, that occurred and <laughs> everybody's forgetting about 9 11 then we'll have new technology so you don't have to worry about people uh, hijacking the the new 
you know, tubes with uh, with knives and that kind of thing. I guess the point that I wanted to bring up with that was that a lot of this technology is able to ex- there's nothing holding it back except government. Airlines do not have to have the monopoly on high speed, long distance travel. And they're probably not the best with current technology. There are probably other ways that people could that could bring people together that could make the world smaller. But government holds them back. So Jay Hawley here says no more banned items. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, like no more banned wa- water. Allow all excuse me and clippers and things. Allow all liquids. And number three, he says, give TSA officers more flexibility and rewards for initiative and hold them accountable. No security agency on earth has the experience and pattern recognition skills of TSA officers. Howley writes, and so they should be given the freedom to interact with passengers as they see fit. Eliminate baggage fees. Number four. That's one. Uh, this one's not really about security, they but don't it would really make seem the... like they value their employees very much. Like there's, he's saying here that they have all these skills in recognizing patterns in people's faces and micro expressions and whatever. But it doesn't. It seems like the TSA workers that I know are treated as low level employees that are just droning about their jobs. But that... I think that he's got a point here. Uh-huh. If, for instance, let's say for one week. We tried something new in the airports where you took all the TSA agents out and let them go. Say, just go do your job. Wear what you want. You can wear your uniform. You can wear what you want. Whatever. Come to work. Do your thing. And then you tried to slip some Confederates in to uh, you know, bring guns, knives, and bombs through or whatever. And you rewarded the agents that uh, did their job and found these people. And you fired the you – know, if you rewarded the top half and fired the bottom half <laughs> – you know, punish them with rewards. <laughs> I, I'm just. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I know what you're saying. I, I have I, I've uh, looked through the what is it? Uh, I'm trying to think of that that book author's name. I can't remember. Alfie Cohen. Alfie yeah. Cohen. I am not. Un, I am not convinced that uh, okay. if if I didn't reward you with a paycheck, your butt wouldn't be here. So <laughs> I don't know. I came to Free Talk. Wait a minute. I came to Free Talk Would Live for more than a year week? without any pay. <laughs> Would you do it every single week? Maybe I would. It the depends. reason you pay employees is that you can count on them. And I'm not going to tell you that I would. Count every week if you didn't pay me because then you might stop now we're talking me. about you specifically <laughs> i can assure you that there are lots of businesses out there if they didn't reward their employees with paychecks that their employees wouldn't show up well yeah okay that's true but you know there are also a lot of people who do the jobs that they love that they would do anyway even if they weren't getting paid those are the tsa agents i want yeah um there I, you go you know, i want the ones that are that good i want to come down to a a, a, a core of tsa agents that's 10 percent the size of the ones we have today that scour the airport looking for the the right people to look for and then ask them questions interact with them until they come to a point where they feel that that person needs to be detained and searched There we go. It's Free Talk Live, and you can call us at 855-450-FREE. Your suggestions for the DSA? More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. You are listening to Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. 
I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Free Talk Live is a show where you can call in about anything that's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. Also want to let you know about the uh, news.freetalklive.com. If you like the show, if you want to keep up to date with the with all the uh, news that's happening when Free Talk Live adds another radio affiliate, when something exciting happens with the show, there's lots of exciting things going on. You can find all the ways to stay in touch at news.freetalklive.com, Twitter, Facebook, all the social networks, G+, I think they have that too, and uh, email updates as well. So, um, Mark, we've got a call coming in. Well, let's take it. Yeah, let's go to the phones. And we're going to talk with Mike in uh, El Paso, Texas. He's listening on XM, and he wants to talk about the TSA. Mike, are you here? Yes, I'm here. And uh, thanks for taking my call this evening. Sure thing. Uh, And uh, what's on your mind? Well, first off, and and talking about the organization that that I personally call Touching Sensitive Areas. (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would like to see the change in that, uh, I get to pick the person that searches me. Um, you know, I, <laughs> do you, does it have to be one of the TSA agents or can you just out, pick somebody you know? out of line? Yeah. You know, instead of them picking me out of line, I get to pick them out of the line and they go ahead and search me. You know, There's going to be some very busy with. agents. And some very not busy agents, I guess. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's yeah. your suggestion for improving the TSA, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hire better looking agents and allow me to choose. But, uh, you know, it cool. might just work. <laughs> <laughs> I bet some people but, would really but, like uh, that. You know, right, right towards the end of uh, the half hour there, uh, the, the way you were talking about letting the agents just roam the airport dressed how they will and, you know, uh, interview, basically kind of interview people and, and get to know them. Well, that's what they do in Israel. It's and absolutely right. They have a right. good record over there. Yep. Mm. Uh, and, and people don't have to go through these body scanners and be patted down unless you've actually demonstrated something that draws their attention. Israel isn't a good example for very many things, but it is a darn good example on how to run a better uh, airport security system. Which is interesting because in a lot of regards, Israel is kind of considered like a pretty much a police state. But they want, but a lot of people come there and spend a lot of money. A lot of tourists come. Tourism is not down in Israel. It's Mm. down by 30% in the United States since 9-11. Yeah. Mike? Yeah. And a lot of it is security. It's absolutely. Yeah. I completely you know, agree. I, mean, I hate it to be a free... Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just agreeing. I, I don't think... I think immigration has something to do with it, too, because they have been cracking down. Like, now you need to have a passport to get into the U.S. from Canada and Mexico, like, to go between those borders where you didn't used to. And uh, there are lots of other immigration-related restrictions. There are, you know, more border patrol agents, the fences and the things like that. And also, the economy's not as good here. You know, I think that's impacting immigration as well, right, Mark? Yep. We, we've read articles on the show that say basically Mexican immigrants are leaving California and going back to Mexico because they're just... The a new one out says that uh, the amount of immigrants leaving the United States now has outclassed the... Uh, in the illegal area wow. has outclassed the ones that are um, coming in. That's very interesting because what they've done apparently is create such a police state that it's no longer the bastion of freedom and liberty that people thought it was it's and wanted to come yeah. here for that yeah. reason. Success. This is this is what we <laughs> yeah. get, people. You, uh, if you destroy the economy enough and make it uh, you know unpleasant enough to be here, you will have uh, you know fewer people coming. Strange version of success. And uh, Mike, any final thoughts tonight? 
Uh, well, with the subject matter you just brought up, uh, living right there on the border, I can tell you uh, in the past you know, four to five years, I see a whole lot of cars that are coming out of Colorado and California and, and all the various areas that have a high illegal uh, population, and they're all coming back and crossing back into Mexico. And uh, huh. and a lot of them are like, well, it, it's over with. The dream is over. It's, it's wow. not there anymore. There we go. We have a field report. And, uh, Mike, thanks so much for the call tonight. I appreciate your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, he's He's got it. He's got a firsthand uh, experience with this. Can't deny it. Yeah. So, Mark... There, speaking of bureaucracy, <laughs> speaking of government, um, you know, maybe not really uh, being very efficient at doing what they're supposed to be doing. You've got a story about a retiring uh, government worker from Germany. Who yeah, has this, is, this e- is my favorite uh, story of the month. I've got to say, the <laughs> it's, title it's pretty good. just makes me laugh and laugh. This is from also businessinsider.com. You'd probably be laughing less if you were paying for it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> a retired German state worker emailed his co-workers to tell them he hasn't done any work for the last 14 years. So, <laughs> uh, Wow. <laughs> Do you, now, now, let me ask you a question about that. Would you want that job... Where you sit and molt no. and molder no. over and do nothing for fourteen years. I would, if I was an author, yes. Um, <laughs> if there was something I could do in order to, uh, you know, make additional money, but I couldn't. Uh, you know, I mean, a lot of times when you have jobs like this, it's not like you can develop yourself a hobby, like solitaire no. or something like that. You can't build ships in a bottle. Well, there you, have been some government workers in this country have been sort of caught looking at porn at oh, work. Yeah, 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 that's yeah maybe absolutely considered a hobby by some. Right? Indeed, and but it's these are the sort of places where you're supposed to sit there and do nothing. The nothing kind of jobs, and it's it's tough. I mean, and if somebody catches you, you'll keep the job by doing nothing. But if you do something you're not supposed to do, you'll lose the job. So you're right. basically incentivized to sit there and become brain dead, and it's just not pleasant. How soul crushing! I mean, like pe- people would yep. say that he's lucky because he's got this this cushy job where he has to do nothing, some, and he's probably getting that. a huge pen- pension and a big paycheck, but. Really, at the end of the day, that just deprives you so much of your mental faculties, of your of your integrity, of your mm. of your intellectual stimulation. I mean, there's a lot of things that he's not getting out of that job. And so I wonder, you know, that's why I always think like these cushy government jobs. I, I don't want one. You know, well, I, I don't wife, want to sell my soul. <laughs> I've got two stories. Um, my, my uncle worked for the Air Force for four years or something like that. I think it was Vietnam, so he had to go someplace or something like that. And he said he just, it, it almost ruined him for real work, is what he wow. said. Now, that's, that's his quote, oh. not mine. So that's oftentimes guys in the military report that to me, is that it's a lot of sitting around and doing nothing. And then when you've got to do something, when you've got to do something. And that, it's tough because um, the real world yeah. doesn't work that way. Secondly, my wife worked for vocational rehabilitation in Florida for a period of time, and she only worked there for like a year and a half. She was previously a drug treatment counselor. And I know a drug treatment counselor, too. Um, (laughs) There you go. Add it to your collection. (laughs) Right. And so she... uh, 
she when she worked there, she was done in August with her workload, the amount of things that she was supposed to do. And since she was leaving, her boss took the other cases that she had extra left over Uh um, and divvied them up among the other people that were lagging behind. Oh, wow. So she was essentially doubling the work speed because some of them... I'm kind of surprised she didn't get more work because sometimes that happens like if you do a good efficient job you're going to just get piled that may on very well work. have been the case um over time but she was yeah. leaving yeah, um, yeah. at that point because uh, coming to coming here so she was well ahead of her you know curve for the years so they, they took the extra cases for her um from her and then gave them gave them to the employees that were behind so i mean she was somehow doubling the work speed of these wow. other longtime government bureaucrats and didn't they tell her to like stop working they so fast because they're making she's making them look bad she they never quite said that but she did they did say that she was making people look bad that kind of thing wow. um so but i'm sure that there are other places where you know they have meetings they have a little hey we're gonna have a little potty for you where you know hey you need to stop working so fast. The rest of us, yeah, we don't want to quite keep up with you. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Well, that's the thing. Government is not the same. I know an Italian person, too. <laughs> there you go. Government is just not, Greek guy. not the same as a regular business. They don't have the market incentives to run efficiently, to turn a profit, to provide people with a service that they want and need. They're going to get paid no matter what because their money is taken from people by force. So it's really important to understand that. And then you'll understand why somebody could have this job where they do zero work for 14 years. <laughs> it's Free Talk Live and there's more coming up. You can call us at 855-450-FREE. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. We thank you for joining us this evening. You can call the show at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And we've been talking about a government worker who did nothing for 14 years on the job. I know it's hard to believe given the, you know, government is so efficient and all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the dizzying speed at which uh, government agencies tend to operate. Uh, and he bragged about it to his coworkers. We're, we're going to get into that, but first I'd like to go to the phones. This is of course the show where you can call in about whatever's on your mind. And Randy has done so. Randy in Jerome, Idaho. He wants to talk about the TSA. And Randy, can are you with us? I am. Good evening. What's on your mind? Well, I had actually applied for one of those TSA jobs a few years ago and uh, uh, backed out of it because, uh, yeah, it was it was uh, <laughs> it was comical to be honest with you. I thought it was comical. <laughs> what, what was so funny about it? Well, you go online, you know, and you and you have to uh, you know submit an application, and then you uh, you take some some online tests. Uh, what are what what that, questions do they ask you on the tests? 
Oh, are you, you know, a pervert? Just, are you a pedophile? <laughs> <No>, <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty they, they probably much. should <laughs> ask that, but they probably don't. <laughs> well, and well, and then they schedule you for an examination, and they they have you go to a you know a disclosed or undisclosed location to take this test, and uh, essentially the test consists of looking at cartoon character pictures of baggage and trying to determine if, you know, this character has uh, a, uh, an undesirable item in it or not. And, you know, it, it was, you know, a two-hour test you had to take all that. But it was all done, it was all cartoons, you know. It was, wow. it was, it was comma. Yeah, that then, doesn't sound then, like it's very relevant to what you would actually be doing on the job. No, but the the uh, the face to face interview was actually even worse. Uh, I went in. I'd I'd been out on the road for a while, and I I come home and I have this interview to go to. So I I go to the interview, and there's this lady in her oh mid forties, and she's wearing this little blue TSA uniform, uh-huh. and this little Hispanic gal, probably about twenty two years old, sitting next to her 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 minion, and they start <laughs> asking me these really bizarre questions uh, you know like well, what have, explain to me some sort of a stressful uh incident that you have resolved on your own hmm. uh, and, that, you know, that doesn't like seem that. like it would be too bad of a thing to know about an employee like they're trying to find their conflict resolution skills I've noticed I guess. now with uh, more people in the job market that employers and hr people are coming up with new and stranger questions to ask people um, yeah. including what is your facebook uh, username and password uh, which i you know is the strangest yeah. of them all <laughs> yeah yeah it is strange and i uh I, you know i just then that's when all this they, they started the heightening the uh, you know uh, uh the body searches and stuff and i looked at it and i went you know i can't do that not for mm. a job that's 15 hours a week at yeah. $15 an hour. Mm. It's not worth me, you know, dropping my regular employment to go and, and, and do that in the hopes that I can move up through the ranks and then become one of the supervisors, you know. And I just said, no, I'd rather be out here doing this being a, a normal person. So, yeah, uh, did I you have any Did you have any hesitation, Randy, because of the things that they're you know, like basically the pat down procedures. Like, did you have any qualms about potentially participating in those? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's, it's it's ludicrous what they're doing, uh, and it's been ludicrous ludicrous from its inception. I think a lot of people have uh, qualms about them. I mean, we've heard a lot of TSA agents come out and say, "Well, this is my job, and I'm going to do my job, but I really disagree with it, and I don't like to touch people this way." This and, doesn't work. Yeah, whatever. it doesn't work. But if mm-hmm. it, but if you don't dis- if you disagree with your job, why do you do that job? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> the mortgage. No, yeah. it's it's all done uh, in the name also, of the mortgage. Uh, yeah. An- another classic example of how the bureaucracies have run amok is uh, uh, I go to I go to military bases uh, to make deliveries and pickups and stuff. Uh-huh. And are you a truck driver? I am. Yes. Uh, Mark, Mark and, would probably say thank you for your service, right? <laughs> I, I am fond of uh, truck drivers yeah. that keep America moving. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, for a, a classic example of, of of how they think and, and the policies that they instill, and this this goes to somebody under the base commanders uh, at a particular army depot that I have gone to. Um, you check in, you have to take a bag that has any cameras any knives, including 
uh, plastic butter knives, you know, like for your really? picnics, stuff mm-hmm. like that, all this kind of stuff. You might, uh, you might give somebody a nasty laceration with a plastic butter knife. It could be a well, scrape. I always told him, you know, I was really worried that, you know, I might have to tell him to get up the, up against the wall. I was going to spread them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> wow. Yeah, I guess there's a reason why they have, uh, uh, what's it called, the zero tolerance policy for butter knives in government schools. Could be dangerous. Yeah. Now, on the on the other hand, I've been to uh, uh, marine bases and... Uh, needed to get directions, and you know, if you've ever been to a military base, you know that uh, they usually have a little guy standing there in a box, and he, you know, checks your credentials as you come in, either by having a base sticker on your on your vehicle, or you know, you show him your ID as uh-huh. you pull up. And the Marine base, uh, they had a uh, young private standing there, and he's saluting you as you come in, left hand and right hand as you go through. And I needed directions, so I stopped and I asked him, you know. Where is such and such a building? And he, he said uh, he'd snapped to attention, and he he asked, you know, can I help you, sir? And I I said I need directions. He gives me very accurate directions. And I said, well, where is your security check-in? Because you know all the bases that you go to, they have you open the hood, open all the compartments on the tractor, all the compartments on the trailer, and they even come in and look around inside your cab in your living area, essentially. Really? So this, and let me guess, this one didn't have a security checkpoint? Had no security checkpoint, and the answer I got from the private was, Sir, if, if uh, Bin Laden would like to come to our, our house and have a party, we will be glad to host him. Oh, my. Yeah. You know. Wow. That's, uh, that's <laughs> unusual. Well, I think that there's some value to it. I mean, really? <laughs> you know, what kind of uh, extreme security measures do we need at this base? I mean, this is a military base. Sure. Yeah, so. it's just unusual. He would be yeah. so blatant about it. <laughs> interesting. And Randy, Randy, thanks for the stories tonight. That's been interesting to hear about it. I'm glad you decided to uh, to uh, eschew the TSA, and uh, hopefully you're enjoying your, your work as a truck driver. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Uh, well, I've, I've been doing this for almost 30 years, so... Great. Thanks <laughs> so a lot, I'm Randy. I'm... Take care. <laughs> so, yeah, Mark... I, I love the idea that, uh, that you know, this, this Marine was so confident in their, uh, the, in, you know, in their military base that, well, you know, just go ahead and try something, is essentially what uh, was said there. Yeah. And it's interesting that he was saluting civilians. I've heard, I've heard that, uh, that that's uh, a policy, but it's strange. Mm. Yeah, so what? tell me about this government worker that bragged about his inactivity for 14 years. From uh, businessinsider.com, Adam Taylor, an administrative employee in the German state of North Rhine-Westphalia, has sent a mass email to colleagues on the day he retired, revealing how he had nothing to do for the past 14 years. Die Welt, it reports, since 1998. (laughs) So he had nothing to do? That's and he, right. he didn't ask for anything to do, I guess. I was only present, but not really there. So I'm going to be well prepared to retire. Wow. His farewell email explains, therefore poetic. revealing... <laughs> uh, you got to hear this. Before I, revealing that during that time he had been paid around $975,000 by the city of Minden... He blamed a parallel structure for depriving him of work, but the mayor of Minden told journalists that he was a considerable pitch of rage when he saw the uh, letter. I bet he was. Um, what does he care, though? It's not his money. I mean, <laughs> well, he doesn't want to make it look like. I mean, he's he's been Maybe the mayor he's of this long too. I guess it's his yeah. fault that the things like this are happening. <laughs> 
The retiree was apparently unprepared for the amount of attention the letter was, uh, has received in the German press. I did not wish to say anything else, he told the local paper. That email was not intended for public view. So, <laughs> Except he sent a mass email to his coworkers. To his coworkers. Semi-public. I, I, you know? I mean, so if this is happening in this bureaucracy, it's happening in all bureaucracies. To some extent, there's some uh, employee out there yeah. that's doing nothing. And to a large extent... Employees are doing little uh, when it comes yeah. to bureaucracies because, you know, they've got the the unions protect, uh, you know, people who the, the, the lowest worker on the, the ladder. I've heard and I really like this number that you probably should be firing your 10 percent least productive people. And that's true. How probably. much does how much does that escalate, though? What do you mean? I don't know. Like, if you keep firing the 10% Every least year? productive, yeah. Yeah, I think you do. Mm, that Hopefully, see. you're getting a more productive workforce, and you're releasing people who aren't that good at jobs to go do other things. I was a dishwasher for a period of time, uh-huh. and I was a terrible one. I needed <laughs> to do something else. You're glad you got else. turned loose. <laughs> this is Free Talk Live. Uh, if you want to turn yourself loose on our airwaves, you can call us 855. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. We're so glad you've joined us. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And it's nice to be here with you this evening. Call us at 855-450-FREE. This is the live Sunday edition, and you're welcome to weigh in with your thoughts. We've talked about a lot of things in the first hour of the show, including the TSA and a government worker who did nothing for 14 years on the job. And we learned a little bit about what it was like to uh, apply for a job for the TSA. Interesting stuff. You you never know what you're going to learn about on Free Talk Live. And uh, now as we kick off Hour 2, we've got a call on the line from Mike in Iowa. He'd like to talk to us, uh, listening on XM, by the way, he'd like to talk to us about the fraud of terrorism, so he says. Mike, uh, are you with us? I sure am. I love your guys' show. I listen every single night of the week. Woohoo! Thanks. Forward, I look forward to it. It's, um, it's probably, Usually it's the highlight of my day. I always learn a lot. But listen. Oh, so sweet. The whole thing about... TSA and the terrorism. I mean, don't you? People don't seem to realize that there has to be a common enemy to justify the war machine. Oh yeah. They want us to believe that there's a terrorist hiding in every trash can, ready to blow us up, and it's just not true. The better to control you with, right? Right. In order, in order to for for governments must grow, and they are agencies of power. So they must disempower you in order to empower themselves. In order to disempower you willingly, they must create boogeymen because people will always run to a greater power during times of threat. Yes, I'll take my chances with Al Qaeda. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, I mean, if think about it. You're going to meet the IRS. You're going to deal with uh, police. You know, you're going to get pulled over. Right. You're going to deal with the government agencies in some manner or another. What are the chances of uh, some terrorist bothering you? Less. I think I've got less. a better chance of a coconut falling on my head and killing me. <laughs> 
it's the chances hilarious, are hilarious, Mike. It's it's pretty commensurate. Yep. Yeah. Any, anything else on your mind tonight, Mike? Yeah, I wish I had. A, I could talk to you guys all night. I'm a truck driver too, and I love talking on the phone. Thanks anyway, for your service. Yes. <laughs> no problem. We've got, and you know, truck drivers have so much power. If we, you know, the federal government's doing all kinds of things to us with the hours of service and trying to regulate when we can drive and can't. Man, if we parked these trucks for four days, I mean, the shelves at Walmart would be empty. You know what I mean? Yeah. They what, sure would. what are they trying to do with the work hour? Can you describe that a little bit more? Yes. In July, the new hours of service regulations come out where every seven days I have to shut the truck down, and it has to include a 34-hour break that has two sets of breaks from 1 to 5 a.m. I mean, it's so confusing that I can barely keep up on it. So you've got to take a Sunday, essentially? They've they've handed down an edict, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy? Is that what's (laughs) happened? You know what? That brings up National Sunday Law. I don't believe that it'll be too far off that we have a mandated, a mandated day of rest. I mean, that's some scary business right there. We've read, we, we've read about other countries that do this. Uh, I think it was Germany where you couldn't get any, you can't even like go to the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you something funny is, um, remember in the '80s when the Soviet Union was over in Afghanistan, the people that we're fighting now are called Afghan freedom fighters. That's right. Yeah, the the, the Mujahideen and the United States taxpayer funded them in all kinds of different ways. Just shows you how things change. And uh, real quick, I went and took my concealed carry permit. I'm a a resident of the great state of Arizona. And Uh the states I drive in all honor the permit from Arizona. But you know what I left that class thinking? That it was an NRA-approved class. And I left there thinking to myself, I'm so scared use a weapon to protect me you know that that guy did nothing everybody was just looking at each other kind of in awe and disbelief because i came away from that class more scared about a gun than when i went in oh so you were required well, to take you. you're required to take this class to get your permit is that right to carry yes, yes. Okay. arizona is a shall issue state so as long as you don't have anything wrong with your background they must issue the permit as long as you've met the requirements which are fingerprints the application and the eight-hour class uh, that doesn't sound very shell issue to me because I think New, Sh- New Hampshire is considered shell issue too. Well, where we're doing the show from, and I don't believe they require any kind of class. No, they don't. Yeah, but they don't have the. Um, there's uh, they they have different. Okay, that's for concealed carry. Um, Open carry doesn't require a permit, and concealed carry you have to basically send your information to the local police chief. And they'll call your references usually, but they don't require anything else. I thought you that. didn't need a permit to carry concealed in, in Arizona. I think they're, yeah, I think, no. did they just get rid of it or something? No, they have it. It's, it's called mm. constitutional carry, but you don't, people don't realize if you're within a thousand feet of a school with a concealed weapon, it's a felony. Wow. If you don't have the permit. So wow. there's all kinds of little ways that you can still get in trouble. Sure. That's, yeah, that, that's confusing. <laughs> Indeed. So what else scared you about uh, carrying a weapon? According to their laws, well, this instructor, just the stories that he was telling, he said, even though there's that thing that we're hearing a lot about now because of what happened in Florida about the the stand your ground or castle doctrine, right? And he said, no, it's still best to get away. Do everything you can to get away. That's fine. I'm going to do that anyway. If somebody comes up <laughs> and tries to rob me, I'm still going to give him my wallet before I pull the gun. I, I don't, I don't want any kind of a gunfight or anything else. Yeah. But this guy had me thinking. Get away and call the police, you know, just, just 
just run like a little girl, basically, is what he was saying. It's too much trouble. Hey, little girls can defend themselves, too. (laughs) (laughs) But I know what you mean. You you felt a little bit, I, I guess, like, what's the point of having this permit anyway if you're just, if you're never going to have any circumstance in which you would use it, right? Right, and then if, if uh, I mean, uh, it, the one thing he did say was if the guy is worth shooting, he's worth killing. Because even after the fact, the family's going to sue you, and you're going to lose any treasure you might have built up trying to defend yourself to stay out of jail anyway. Well, I what mean, did they say? It about sounds like good information to know. Shots. I'm, I wonder about multiple shots, though. I mean, it's one thing to use a to use a gun to to defend yourself. It's another thing to empty a clip on somebody. Yeah, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. I mean, I just uh, aim for center mass, right? I mean, as long as you get one in the tent ring, we're good. But I just wonder. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, is, is the, what, what's the legality of pulling the trigger more than one time? I think that uh, from what I understand and what this gentleman explained, you shoot until the threat is neutralized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. that would seem to be the point philosophically to me. Like if I was thinking about a situation in which I would you know, want to use a weapon, I guess it would be to repel an imminent threat that somebody, I knew somebody was going to kill me, you know, right then and there, if, unless I did something to stop them. One would hope. Yeah. So yeah. Mike, uh, thanks for the call tonight. It's nice to hear from you and hear about uh, those those <laughs> additional tips for na- navigating the Arizona gun laws and uh, stay safe out there. Thanks a lot for the call. You know, this the, the idea of having a gun is very interesting to me because there are those instances, and you read about them all the time, where somebody had a gun and they were able to use it to protect themselves. Yep. Now, in personally in my life, I've never been in an instance where I think a gun would have been would have put me in a better circumstance. Yeah. And you, you know, there's all those other instances where you carry it. I mean, it's a dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, from what I've seen statistically, the, a gun's more likely to kill you or a member of your family than it is to kill a burglar or whatever. The yeah. dogs are more effective in preventing um, you home know, crime, invasions. Yeah, crime. I don't know about a home invasion. I don't know. I mean, but well, home invasions are the 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 uh, what is it called? The quintessential example that people go-to to talk about self-defense and having firearms to defend yourself. And it's pretty clear, you know, if somebody breaks into your home and they're threatening you, then a lot of people think that you might be justified in shooting them. But, you know, what if it's the police? There's been a lot of, like, these midnight SWAT raids yeah. and stuff, and then you're going to be dead if you With start 40, shooting at them. 40,000 raids in American homes every year. Every 18 seconds. How many home invasions are there every year? It seems like statistically a home invader is most likely to be a law enforcement officer. And no, Mm. you're not going to be okay shooting them. So, you know, how's that? I mean, you can can believe at that point they're going to likely to execute everybody in the house because everybody's going to start shooting. You've got walls made of uh, of, uh, plaster of Paris or whatever, sheetrock, and the bullets are going to pass right through. I mean, they're going to blow up the aquarium. The kids are going to be dead the dogs are going to be dead i mean you've got these guys with mp5s they're going to be shooting everywhere once they hear one gunshot likely yeah. i mean know, that's what the fog of war is all about right yeah i have to admit i feel very confused about firearms and self-defense and maybe we can talk about it in the next segment but it's like sometimes i i think it's a sort of a macho flash and assertion of power sometimes it seems like when people carry them around they're just itching to use them and that disturbs me a lot Uh, On the other hand, you want to be able to defend yourself. It's Free Talk Live. Let us know what you think about guns or anything else. 855-450-FREE. There's more coming up. 
As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. We're glad you've joined us. My name is Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And Free Talk Live is a show where you can call us and weigh in with your thoughts. We've been discussing a lot of things. Guns is always sort of a hot-button issue, isn't it, Mark? We get a lot of calls of people who feel strongly one One way way or or another about guns. And we've talked about, we've broached the subject in the last segment. But uh, if you want to weigh in with your thoughts, 855-450-FREE is the number. It's 855-450-3733. Also like to remind you that Free Talk Live has archives going back for five years. Uh, Maybe even more than five years at this point. 2006. Yeah. About September. Mm-hmm. You can search for, you know, lots of different things. And there's a wealth of knowledge, <laughs> a wealth of entertainment anyway, in those archives. And we make them all available for free just for you. So if you appreciate that, you can go there and enjoy and, and uh, ha- have an information buffet. <laughs> it's uh, all right. Let's go. Let's go to the phones, Mark. We've got Alex calling from Tennessee. He wants to talk about carbon taxation. That's an interesting subject. Uh, Alex, are you with us? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Good evening. Uh, Tell us what's on your mind. Uh, yeah, I was. Um, I was recently watching a video of a uh, a uh, comedian and sort of commentator type guy who's pretty popular in Britain. Who's that? And um, his name's David Mitchell. Okay. He's he's more of a comedian than a commentator, but he. I think does I've heard of him. Yeah. Little, yeah, he's part of a comedy team, Mitchell and Webb. Not familiar with him. Go ahead. Uh, anyway, um, he was making an argument about um, how if we it, – it, it was kind of ludicrous. His idea was that if we, you know, try and push the incentives for, like, clean energy by taxing, you know – his his example was uh, airlines uh, for putting a carbon tax on them instead of, I guess, someone thought putting it on individuals – had someone had argued that his idea was that somehow that the corporations would just eat up the cost of that and somehow innovate like instantly to try and offset this, and um, it wouldn't come down to the people or anything. I was like, when a company has an, in, incurs an extra cost, it's going to come down to their customers. Yeah, that's, right. that that seems true. I, I would say that's a misunderstanding of how the marketplace works. I mean, at this point, all the airlines are incentivized to innovate so that they can. I mean, look at Southwest. Southwest innovated in that they buy only seven thirty seven, seven fifty seven, seven fifty sevens, and uh, you know they they fly these certain routes that are high profits, and you know they've got an innovative business model in the idea of the airline. I hear it was written on a, a napkin one time during a lunch or something. Something like that. <laughs> and, you know, they are cleaning the clocks of the big boys that are still left. Well, the other ones have essentially no incentive to innovate because they've been protected by the government. I mean, airlines were subsidized by the government. Uh, they still are. So the innovation, the incentive for innovation already exists 
today. So if the if the innovations are going to come, they're going to come today. Whereas all overhead has to, you know, there's there's a couple of choices that happen when you increase the overhead on a business. They can raise their prices, which is what you said. They can uh, cut costs, offer less product, (laughs) offer something less. So um, in some way, shape, or form, cut costs somewhere or go out of business. Um, So they, you know, you can they can fire people or you know whatever. And it makes it really does make you wonder. They've tried this kind of no frills airline thing. Oh, where, they've all been cutting back for the last 10 years. I don't they really see for, any growth at all. You, I mean, you don't even have We uh, should have Wi-Fi on every airplane by now, frankly, but they still are making you turn off your cell phones when there's really no evidence that that actually None. helps. And yeah, you know, Alex, I heard you use the word um, the, the companies would innovate, like this. maybe this comedian was saying that uh, the companies would innovate in order to pollute more. And no. that doesn't sound like an no. innovation. No, no, that's not what you're saying. No, no, innovate in order to save money. I was like, oh, and I what see. Mark said, the, the the incentive is already there for them to save money. Um, they don't need uh, taxation held over them for them to want to make more money. They're sure. a company that's what they're in business to do. What I and think I, the best argument that I've heard out of the 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 the, the people that uh, want to use governments to save the world uh, from our you know whatever destruction, and I don't I don't think that there is no science behind the uh you know the the anthropogenic global warming argument there's some i'm not going to say that it is conclusive either but um from, i've been too daunted to really familiarize myself I, i've with looked it, at honestly. what i've looked at i'm, I'm certainly not going to i haven't changed my you're carbon a scientist, footprint so. in any way <laughs> i'm not that kind of scientist though i i don't but deal with environment you've got the mind uh, of one so you're going to you're going to research far more than i am before i open my mouth um the, so but you know what they most of them think is, hey, you know, if we turn this over to the government and we save the world, it's great. If we turn it over to the government and we didn't need to save the world, then we're still great. You know, we still uh, reduce these uh, this this uh, carbon footprint or whatever. Or we convince people that the world needed to be saved and what then they looked at us as heroes, What they're forgetting yeah. is that the government has failed at everything it's ever done. Yeah. I, I mean... And when we talk about carbon, I mean, th- there were these government law i know that they were they happened actually in the u.s like i don't know the u.s didn't agree to the kyoto protocol which was to limit carbon emissions by whatever means necessary Mm -hmm. by a certain amount each year until 2020 i think i'm just going off memory but i think there was some policy that where governments were actually granting like these these permits to pollute to different companies and then the companies could sell them to each other and buy them and it, it ended up with the companies just being given permission slips to, to pollute and it didn't reduce more costs yeah and and people were actually saying that oh this is a free market uh solution to air pollution and no it's not it's the government is creating an artificial market the best for thing cre- for permission to pollute and you're saying it's a free market the That's best thing that true. we can do in order to incentivize innovation in the area of energy production and i really do think that sometime in the relatively near future we're going to see free energy and it's going to change the world but what what's going to need to happen is you we need to stop sus- subsidies to the petroleum companies uh-huh. if you stop subsidizing this stuff and people pay the real cost of what a gallon of gas costs then yeah. you'll see these other things come into play and by the real cost i mean we're not going to fight any more wars that exxon oh, and that would um, do st- that would really vastly improve the economy in so many different you're ways you're not going to use the military in order to secure any of these uh, facilities that these oil companies have if they want 
to they need to get it. they need to negotiate a piece of land in some way shape or form and they need to secure that piece of land and they need to secure the the routes for their oil tankers back and forth across the ocean well look at the volume of oil that the military uses i mean even if they just stopped consuming all that oil yeah go ahead alex I've been yammering. Um, talking about talking about uh, subsidies, there. I mean, <laughs> you can you can kind of hang so many problems on subsidies. You can hang yeah. what people term the ob- obesity epidemic to corn subsidies. Yeah. And um, yep. why not? I, if you just if you clear the table, then why are people not going to want to eat? I mean, if uh, radishes are as cheap as corn, people may want to try out a few more radishes. Uh-huh. It's true. You can look at uh, its grains and meats are what is really truly subsidized in our. Well, because um, the meats are fed grain well, grains, and people I eat exclusively pretty much now grass fed animals, which means that they're not getting corn, which isn't healthy for the animals, and it's not as healthy for you. And Alex, uh, thank you so much for the call tonight. Appreciate your thoughts. It's Free Talk Live. You can call us at eight five five four fifty free. 855-450-3733. We got calls on the line. We're going to talk about bitcoins coming up. Stay tuned. Available now, four new songs from Raja Mojo. That's R-A-J-A-M-O-J-O. Raja Mojo. I am mad. Do you songs from Raja Mojo. Buy them today at Amazon, iTunes, Napster, and at a discount at cdbaby.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. You can call us tonight at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We'd love to hear from you. I always enjoy talking to the listeners because they have interesting stuff to bring up. And uh, Free Talk Live is a show where you can rock the airwaves. You can take control of the airwaves with your uh, with your thoughts and your calls. So we certainly welcome that. You know, the founding idea of Free Talk Live is that uh, talk show hosts who think that they're the most interesting people in the world may not be. And that, uh, <laughs> Imagine you know, that. It's an opportunity for people to come in and uh, shine for a few minutes on the air. Gotcha. Bitcoins are the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash. With Bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign or terms of service that you've got to abide by. You can download the free Bitcoin software in minutes and just be and just start using them. With Bitcoins, you can send and receive money anywhere in the world without needing the permission from any government or bank. And there are no fees. To learn how, visit weusecoins.org. And you should see this video. If you haven't seen the, uh, the, we, the, the weusecoins.org video, you should, because Bitcoins are 
they're growing in importance and you should be informed about them. But now, thanks to BitInstant.com, you can have Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. To buy your Bitcoins with cash, visit BitInstant.com. Yeah, it's fortunate that you read that uh, read at the moment, Mark, because we actually had a caller on the line in the last segment who dropped off but wanted to know more about Bitcoins. So what would you give them as like, is that like pretty much the elevator speech? I I would say something about Bitcoins is that I think they're one of their greatest advantages is that they transcend borders. You don't have to worry about converting them into different types of currency. You can do worldwide transactions, buying things on the Internet, all with Bitcoins, and you can send them in a couple minutes. And I know I sound like a an infomercial or something, but I think they're really cool. I, they I use them cool. myself, and uh, I think they're the, innovative. Uh, they they are, and you know, basically every transaction has built-in costs, costs that are handed down to the customer, as we just explained. Mm-hmm. All costs are handed down to the customer. And when you're talking about PayPal and things that have a monopoly on banking due to a lot of government regulations. PayPal was great when it came out because it allowed the individual to use credit cards on the internet in a fashion that they hadn't been able to before. It was awesome. You could use it on eBay and things like that. It was great. Mm -hmm. But there's always going to be innovations. And then the people that were the, the old school, which PayPal is now, is going to try to stop that innovation because they they hold some market share. And they've become entrenched, and now they're really beholden to the government. They've begun reporting people's PayPal transactions, they, sending them 1099s or whatever from the from PayPal, They've or they're going to start doing that soon. They've uh, banned certain types of transactions. They're very like capricious about banning people's accounts. Yes. PayPal and these other um, you know companies that uh, do... There aren't that many other ones, though. There there aren't. Very few alternatives. But you, I mean, you rely, you begin to rely on them, and then, you know, they'll have, you'll have $11,000 in that account, and then they just freeze freeze your account. And And you can't talk to to a person either. Customer service is nil. Yeah, exactly. They, they send you form email after form email. You can't and, talk to a person. And that's just one company. Then you think about the credit card companies. They charge a percentage for every transaction. That's included. You think about the banks. I mean, you basically, you put your money with banks in order to keep them keep it safe. And that's not free. So there's right. all <laughs> kinds of costs. And, and every time something moves from one place to another, somebody's getting a hit. Yep. Not with Bitcoins. Yeah, because it's a peer-to-peer network. And the way that, that Bitcoins are moved around is because... There are these connections to the network, and then they confirm that a transaction has occurred and that a Bitcoin is in one place now that it wasn't before. That's my rudimentary Bitcoins are worth right now about five bucks. Um, you know, they've been between four and five dollars for several Bitcoin. months now. They were up to 40 at one point. They were really yeah. close to that. But you know, stabilized they, a little bit. They had they had their their big bump. I've got it right now at four ninety seven is what they're with what they're at. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you if I send you a Bitcoin a Bitcoin will show up in your wallet. Not 0.97 Bitcoins, but a Bitcoin will show yeah. up in your wallet. You can voluntarily donate like a little 0.01 or whatever Bitcoins to, oh, I don't know who it goes to, but it's to pay the server cost. I don't know. Some- At times. No, there aren't yeah. any sir. I mean, I don't know. But <laughs> it goes to support the network, basically. But it's not like it's a central it's bank not even that's giving off It's like point zero zero one. It's like yeah. it's less than a penny like um, in, in costs. And I usually do that. I don't, know, I don't know why. To me, it's like tossing into the wishing well. It's a faith-based operation. <laughs> I have no, no idea why these people that created the Bitcoin and make it happen need my money. But if they make this great thing uh, available, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to. It's completely voluntary. So, yeah, I mean, if I can send and you can send and receive money without fees, and I think that's the best thing for individuals. For businesses, the best thing is 
chargebacks. There are people out there that will use the chargeback system as a weapon against your company. And, you know, companies like PayPal and the, the, the credit card companies, they will freeze your money and you know, basically expect you to do all kinds of free work for customers that have learned how to game the system. Mm. And businesses t- tend to hate that. So, <laughs> Well, Bitcoin's- and it's a, if you're making it easier to buy your products because you're using an alternative currency that transcends borders and arbitrary things like that and, and uh, transaction costs for the most part, then you're opening up your market to put more potential customers Everybody benefits from that. What's bad with that? Yeah, exactly. And, and this is a, essentially a currency that uh, it's it's a currency. It's 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 a newly excuse me created currency that doesn't have a country that created it, and you can send and receive it at no it, cost. It's to almost yourself. like Pandora's box. Like as I understand it. Uh, what was that guy, Satoshi or something? I, I, oh, the the uh, fake name that created the, the, <laughs> the cryptographer, the uh, cryptologist that uh, created Yeah, has it. actually stepped back from the Bitcoin project, and now it's basically... Who knows? Yeah. You don't know whether that loose. guy... It was a fake name in the first place, likely, so therefore the person who did it may be thoroughly involved or not, but it's, you know, it's this amazing piece of uh, mathematics that, you know, makes it possible. But you can transfer – my wife just transferred some bitcoins to cash, and she paid some ridiculously small amount. It was like I, – I think she wanted $2,000 or whatever and paid like a buck yeah. to turn it into cash. I don't know how she did it exactly. It was uh, – you know, maybe it was bitinstant.com. I'm not sure. It was uh, – um, you know, she did it. I didn't do it. But So we, we use coins.org has a good video that explains – Bitcoins, right? Or is am I thinking of Bitcoin.org? No, we use Coins.org. Okay. I think Bitcoin.org would likely uh, link you there. But uh, gotcha. we use Coins.org as the instructional video about Bitcoins. Yeah, so if you want to hear about it in video form instead of from us noobs who don't really understand it that well, you could go there. Let's go back to the phones. We're going to talk with Aaron. He's listening in Manchester on XM and would like to tell us a self-defense story. Aaron, are you with us? Good evening, Stephanie and Mark. It's a pleasure to speak to the two of you. You too. Um, right. I'm Go calling ahead. concerning uh, a, a self-defense story out of the, uh, I believe it was the Spartanburg, South Carolina area. Okay. Um, there was a woman that was uh, closing up the place where she worked at night, and it was evening time when she was closing up. Um, she carried a bunch of stuff out to the car, forgot something, went back to go inside to get what she had forgotten. And when she was coming back out the second time, locking up, two men attacked her. Uh, ripped her earrings off, ripped her necklace off, slammed her up against the door, trying to tell her to go back inside, go inside, ripped her shirt open, ripped her bra off. Um, Brutal. And um, she's like, you know, I've got some money. I'll give you some money. Just, you know, leave me alone. And they just kept trying to get her to go back inside. At that point, she remembered she had her, I believe it was a thirty-two caliber handgun in her back pocket. She pulls it out, shoots at them. One of the uh, bad guys yelled, oh, heck no, I'm editing that. Yeah. Um, and then they both ran off. So that's a good self-defense story. Yep. And, yeah. you know, those 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 happen. I am never going to be the one that says that an individual, if an individual has the right to life, and I believe they do, they have the right to protect that life in whatever way they want to do it. My concern is, for me, in my in real-life applications, is that I know that there are statistics out there and mm-hmm. that handguns and for, for can every be, one of those successful self-defense stories there might be 
other stories out there where having a gun didn't do someone any good in and a situation. One needs to analyze uh, one's personality, and usually one is the worst to analyze one's personality. <laughs> um, you know, am I quick to well, anger? There, Aaron, am I careless? Aaron, hold that thought, please, if you would. Uh, I'd like to speak with you All more right. about this. More coming up with Aaron. We're going to talk about guns, self-defense, and whatever's on your mind. 855-450-FREE is the number for Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And Free Talk Live is a show where you can call and share whatever's on your mind with us. Whatever's on your mind that you want to share with us, that is. We've been talking about guns and self-defense, and we're going to get back into that, but I want to let you know how you can get in touch with us this evening at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Check out Porkfest. Porkfest is a uh, festival that probably attracts a thousand plus individuals up into beautiful. It was more than a thousand last year, and I expect it to grow. Scenic New Hampshire for a week long event celebrating the ideas of liberty. There'll be some speakers, lots of family events, uh, you know, certainly parties and things to do. Uh, Go check out Porkfest at PRRCFEST.com. It's a great opportunity to check out the Free State Project and see whether. You know, maybe you'd like the idea of the Free State Project. And you can meet me and Mark, right? That's right. We'll be there. <laughs> we'll definitely be there. Definitely. We be don't there. know when we'll be there, but, <laughs> right, we got to talk about that, Mark. I think we're going to be there, uh, you know, for the whole event. Yes. dot com. <laughs> All right. So let's go back to the phones. We've been speaking with Aaron, who has hung on the line patiently about self-defense. And Aaron, you know, we left off the last segment uh, before we, we, we had to go to break talking about, you know, on the whole, is it a good idea? Is it going to get you out of trouble most of the time to carry a gun with you? Or is it possibly a little more nuanced than that? And could it maybe get you into trouble, too? And so, I mean, you, um, I know you shared this this story with us about the the woman who successfully defended herself from the attackers in the parking lot. And that was, I mean, I'm glad that she made it out okay. But what do you think personally about this? Like, is are you interested in carrying guns? And what do you think? It, well, I'm one of your over-the-road truck driver listeners, and any time I can legally carry with me, I do. Uh-huh. But I also carry uh, pepper spray and a stun gun when I can. Uh-huh. Um, because, you know, if the only tool you have handy is a hammer, well, everything starts looking like a nail. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a concern. On top of that, carrying a firearm is absolutely useless if you do not get the actual training on how to how to defend yourself properly. And it, it, you need to look at it as a tool to get yourself out of a bad situation. Like many years ago when they had the big mass shooting down in Lovey's at Texas, there was a woman who had a firearm that she had to keep leaving her car because of the laws of the time, and she watched her parents get shot right in front of her when she could have had an opportunity to defend herself. Jeez. Yeah. Um, 
another story like that down in Tennessee where a woman had a restraining order against the stalker. They went into a restaurant. You know, she had a concealed carry permit. Um, the stalker came to the restaurant and shot her husband right in front of her. Oh, nightmare. So, <laughs> but and, in, in, you know 90s. what I what I think about Aaron in in these circumstances and and I these are shocking stories. There's no doubt about it. Is if somebody decides to pull a gun on me, I've already had a gun pulled on me. Even if I have one, I, it's unlikely that I'll be able to uh, play yeah. quick draw with, with that person. With that woman whose husband was shot, her husband's still dead. You know, even if she shoots the attacker afterwards. And I question, I mean, I guess it could stop him from killing other people or maybe killing her. So you could argue that, but you never know. You know, and I'm not never, ever going to deny that any the people should have the right to defend themselves. I just wonder right. for me and mine, what's it like? And for me and mine specifically, there's a whole nother level of concerns that don't confront the average individual. I'm a nationally syndicated talk show host. And as, as much as I try to be deferential to my listeners and listen to what they say, some of them hate me and you know what what are they going to do to my wife and my family as a result of that hate if they can manage to catch me someplace yeah yeah um well back in the 90s there was a study done by the uh, clinton justice department that determined there's roughly one to one and a half million defensive gun uses in this nation every year um wow that high do not involve a discharge of the firearm there have been some other studies that estimate that to be as high as two and a half million so, um, yeah, so, I mean, Aaron, you mentioned that you carry also pepper spray and uh, I think a stun gun was what you said. So there there yeah. are, it sounds like you, you take this into account personally, that there are alternatives to carrying guns. And one of them is, you know, knives. Another one is just trying to flee the scene if you possibly can. Another one is, you know, as you mentioned, pepper spray. Um, what do you think about the idea well, that, you know, we were talking with somebody uh, during the break who's in the studio and he was saying that basically... A gun can kill somebody faster than you can think about it. And that speed and that decisiveness, I guess you could say. Uh, There's instances where that might be really valuable. but And also instances where it might be really detrimental. Yeah. My, my feeling is, is if you're an instant where you need a firearm, you need a firearm and there's nothing else that's going to work. And I carry the pepper spray and the stun gun because there's, you know, if, if you're getting attacked like in the Trayvon Martin instance where he was being beaten on the ground, if he had a stun gun, that would have solved it without killing him. What? Yeah, I mean, no, um, in, indeed. I, I personally think it's irresponsible to carry a firearm and not have a less than lethal, which is not actually a term I like because stun guns can kill people too. But it's pretty um, pretty close to the less than lethal. Yeah. You know, so and, and the other thing about these is... They're often, when you get somebody stunned or pepper sprayed or something like that, they're in a circumstance where you can handle them until law enforcement comes or whatever at that point. I am not of the yeah. opinion where you should never call law enforcement under any circumstance. If I'm holding some guy who's attempted to come into my house because I managed to pepper spray him in the face or whatever, and I'm holding him there, yeah, I'm going to call law enforcement to come get him. Aaron? Yeah. And. I agree with Mark on that. And, and like I was saying, it, the most important thing, though, is having the training so you actually know what you're doing. And it's one guy I like to listen to, the way he puts it is you need to have a porcupine mentality. You're not a sheep. <laughs> you're not a wolf. You're not a sheepdog. You need to be a porcupine. Just mosey along. Do your own business. What, is it, what does a sheepdog do? To, a sheep. 
or a dog? Sheep. He said, "He said, don't be a sheep, don't be a wolf, and don't be a sheep dog." What does the sheep dog do? I get the sheep. The sheep is passive. They're out there looking for someone to protect. I see. And you shouldn't have that mentality either, unless you're getting paid for it. Interesting, Aaron. Th- thank you very much for your thoughts tonight. I think it's been really valuable to discuss this with you. So um, we've also got another call on the line, Mark. Uh, let's go to Brett. He's listening in North Carolina, and apparently he wants to talk about the Second Amendment. Brett, are you with us? Who? Hi, Brett. You're on Free Talk Live. What's hey. on your mind? Uh, well, I just went straight from your call screener to you. We have such um, great yeah, customer service here on Free Talk Live. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, uh, was going to call about the stun gun issue. Okay. You know, you guys are really lauding these things as if they're uh, the equivalent of a firearm. We we weren't really lauding them. We were just kind of discussing them. You know, I, I don't think well, I was. They're, they're pretty lame because you have to make contact with your attacker. Pretty lame. You have to physically get close to them. Yeah, I don't carry a stun gun. Um, I do have uh, yeah, pepper spray. And if the person has a big knife or even a sledgehammer or a shovel, I don't care what it is, you lose. You will lose. The handgun offers you the utmost in the upper hand. It does. Let's say there, are, there there's more than one of them. You and your family, you're walking down the mall, you're approached. The last thing you want to do is rely on some contact weapon that you have to get into the fray with. Now, uh, you know, I've heard from police about, officers that uh, knives are more effective in, 15, in a radius of 15 feet than a gun is. Often, yes, you're right, because sometimes... Uh, you know, you, you've all, you, everybody's heard the joke, right? You know, a poor fool carried a knife to a gunfight. Sometimes it's the opposite. If they have closed the distance yep. and you're a poor shot or you're using a small caliber weapon, yeah, you can, you can lose that situation. However, you, you know, if, if you're smart, you're going to carry, you know, the largest caliber you're comfortable with. You're going to, you know, your earlier caller was, you know, he said it best. If you're going to be somebody who carries a gun for self-defense, home defense, no matter what you use it for, be well-versed in it. Don't be stupid. Don't do dumb things. And I think that's all we're talking about here is that I think that – don't you think there's some personality types out there that are best served by not carrying guns? Well, and most of them don't carry guns. I I know friends who I've talked to, and I say, hey, you you want to go to the gun range? They're like, nah, man, I don't carry a gun, because if I did, I'd use it. And I always tell them, you know, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. That's the way you feel. Yeah, it's nice. Going to the gun range, as far as I'm concerned, is a lot of fun. Uh, You know, I mean, it's like setting off firecrackers. Who doesn't like to do that? To me, it's more fun than all the time worrying about carrying a loaded weapon that you you know, that's the largest caliber that you're comfortable with, and it's it seems like it comes with a little bit of an emotional cost. Don't you think it's kind well, of stressful? Me, yeah, go ahead, Brett. Quick, because we're coming up on the end. Well, just hold me through it, please. <laughs> Top of the hour. All right, Brett. Coming back with more on guns in Hour 3 on Free Talk Live. You can call us at 855-450-FREE. Bring up whatever's on your mind. It's Free Talk Live, and there's more coming up.
Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And we're glad that you're joining us here for the third hour of the show as we start off tonight. The number for Free Talk Live is 855-450-FREE. That's 855 855- Four five zero three seven three three, and we encourage you to call and bring up whatever's on your mind. We like to talk with you about uh, a wide variety of subjects. But re- recently, excuse me, we've been uh, talking about guns and self defense. In the last segment, we were speaking with Brett in North Carolina. He is a I would describe him as a proponent of uh, of guns and gun rights and carrying. Uh, let's bring Brett back on. And Brett, you are finishing up a point from the uh, the previous segment. I watched this week with uh, David Gregory this morning, and he had Bill Cosby on. And Bill Cosby was talking about the Trayvon Martin tragedy. I'd love to see that. I'm going to take a look at that. Yeah, well, I don't know if he'd like it or not. Uh, He he blamed an inanimate object for the entire problem. I'm still going to watch it. Uh, I think that Bill Cosby is a very interesting character. I used to. I don't anymore. Uh, when he when he said what he said, it was it was shocking to me that he didn't take into account the fact that common decency and respect for your elders didn't come into play. When I was a 17 year old boy, if somebody came up and identified themselves as Community Watch and they said, "What are you doing in this neighborhood?" The first thing I would do is simply tell them what I was doing there. Well, uh, there wouldn't be. An I don't know what happened. Yeah, in the, we, the exchange we can't is, say. It's difficult to know. say. Yeah, we don't know. Right, we don't uh, all know. All I can say is, is you know, I, I imagine the trajectory of the bullets, you know, whatever. I, the police knew enough to know not to charge the guy. But now, but I mean, so that, you distrust the police? That I argument, mean, yeah, it really doesn't hold because now they've decided they are going to charge him. Well, no, no, the police didn't decide it. A special prosecutor did, who was uh, influenced. All right. Well, I, so are you insin- in, insinuating that Trayvon must have been being rude, or you know? obstinate refusing to identify himself to uh george zimmerman are you saying that he might have sort of (laughs) well i I can certainly say that as much as you can say that george zimmerman shot him in cold blood i don't know what cold blood i mean you guys you guys you guys love to say that you know here's somebody in a position of mock authority uh how do you know we'd like to say that i mean it sounds like you're kind of filling in what we (laughs) like to say i mean i'm just I certainly know that you're against handguns. That's no. How, what? what? How, how did you get that? How many times have I said well, this evening? Because of what all you've said, you would actually... Look, if, if he'd have hit him with an axe, would you guys be saying that we ought to ban axes? What are you talking we, we about? We never said you Who should ban you handguns. To? Wait a second, Stephanie. <laughs> Who do you think you're talking to? Now, I have said down, Mark. multiple times on here that I believe that a man has the right to own a tool that fires a ballistic uh, a piece of metal out of the end. Come on. I am not here talking about banning handguns. Don't talk to me like I'm some kind of liberal and you know what my agenda is. 
Well, I got to tell you, man, your partner there sure sounds like one. Well, uh, you can talk to me. I'm I'm Stephanie, by the way. You can address me if you'd like to talk to me. Uh, and you know, actually, Brett, I've shot many handguns in my life. Haven't you come out to my place and shot? Uh, I don't think I have, but I've okay. been to the range many times. It's not as though I'm She's anti-gun. Probably afraid of you. However, my, my point well, is that Bill who's, Cosby wait, lives who's afraid in of a, who? In a, in a mansion. Bill Cosby lives in a, in hey, a big mansion with lots of walls, and he has lots of security to take care of him and his family. I don't have that. I live in a in a terrible community, and there is no way I'm going to leave my wife and son here alone without some kind of protection. The phone is a joke. The cops don't. Agreed. Know. Agreed. Uh, sure. Your, your only chance is a firearm, a sword, a stun gun, whatever you guys want to come up with. It won't work. You know, Brett, our, our board situation. operator said mentioned the. Okay. Our Brett, our board operator mentioned that there are stun guns that can be fired from 10 feet away. Yeah, they've got little Have you wires. Heard those? It's called a taser, not a stun gun, actually. All right. Your board operator's a moron. Brett, uh, see yeah. ya. We're done. <laughs> wow. I, you know, I all I've been trying to say in here is that there are advantages and disadvantages to the, these things that we call handguns. Now, you know, it's difficult to to argue with the statistics that a handgun is more likely to harm you or a member of your family, and this includes the statistic that you're most likely to be killed by somebody you know, and chances are even uh, uh, and and of those people you know, chances are very high that you've slept with that person. So that you know, having the gun in the house, a lot of people sadly use them as solutions to domestic problems. I understand that, and I choose to eliminate that from my statistical understanding of handguns. Mm-hmm. But if that brings us dead even. Where you know a gun can go off at a, in a holster or something like that. I think that I think the technology is getting better and better. But you know, I mean, <laughs> I know that people consume alcohol. T- they tend to uh, make poor, poorer dis- the choices at that point. All I'm talking about is: is this a good idea in the statistically unlikely circumstance that a person is going to enter into a situation, whether they intend to or not, mm-hmm. where they're going to need? Whether a handgun would make them better off. Because I've never been in that situation. I've never personally been in the situation where a handgun makes me better off. Now, Aaron called in and said that, was it 2.5 million instances of where handguns are, you know, shown or whatever Mm -hmm. in the United States used in a, uh, you know, defensive uh, way every year? I don't know. I mean, you know, I have no idea whether that is true or not. But. You know, you have to be in the situation where it would make sense to have a gun. You have to have that gun loaded and on you. And remember, your yeah, life, you're not always going to have that. Your life isn't one story that's uh, reported in the news. It's every single day you get up, you put your pants on, you slide a gun into that holster. Yeah. I mean, every single day there's an opportunity for an accident. People die from their own weapons, cleaning them, you know, accidental discharges. The, the You know, these things happen. And. All I wanted to do was have a a discussion on that, and people can get so irate around this issue. That's when I ask myself, do I want somebody who gets irate having guns? Yeah. And, you know, it it really bothers me that I hear a lot of people making arguments for carrying guns all the time, and they come at it from a standpoint of trying to scare you. It's like, well, this could happen to your family. 
And you know, I think there's what, an entire... What's going to happen when this guy comes after you? You're going to be unprepared and you're going to die. And yeah. I don't like that. I, I'd like to make this decision rationally. And it's a it's a decision that I'm okay with people making for themselves. I just think it's important to think about and ask yourself those questions, like you said, Mark. And I think the decision to have a shotgun by the door is an entirely different decision mm-hmm. than making a decision to carry a gun in one, you know on one's person. For one, many women carry guns in their purses. Yeah. And... You know, you fumbled for that uh, that wallet trying to get it out, and my my mother carried a purse looks like luggage, and you know where are you going to find how are you going to get that gun and get your hand on it in yeah. the amount of time that it takes? You have to be able to get to that thing quickly, and you have to be able to carry it in a safe fashion. You know, there was a, another good point that came up, and then we have some calls. Uh, by the way, Charles, our board op, is not a moron. <laughs> <laughs> he sent me a link to the the stun gun that he was describing. It says the Phaser Hornet stun gun. And it can be fired from 10 feet away. It's not a taser and he's not a moron. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Just wanted to clear that up. But, you know, there are lots like, Mark, you advertise the Tiger Light, which is a tactical flashlight on this show a bunch of times in the past. And I advertise Ruger, too, Uh because I believe that a person should be able to make a choice for themselves how they wish to defend themselves. Mm -hmm. Also, you could have uh, non-lethal rounds in that gun. I think this is an interesting idea because I wonder how often when a gun is employed, can you could you have held somebody in place with say you know held them in place with the gun or whatever i don't know mm-hmm. um look you know you're on the ground you stay where you are and uh, you know i i'm going to call the law i don't know yeah the finality of of shooting somebody is hard to argue against you know and people have called in tonight and said that there's a reason that you need that and stuff like that but mark we argued against the death penalty many times on this show And essentially, when you shoot someone, that is the same, you know, like it's very similar. It's not the state doing it, but you are judge, jury and executioner at that moment. And it may not always be completely clear cut. Yeah, you may not know. You may have shot an innocent person. This Trayvon Martin is a really good instance why that guy shouldn't have put a gun on his hip that day. Yeah. Although the caller seemed to insinuate that Trayvon was asking for it or something like that. And that... That is really if reaching he was, far. He was following the guy around the uh, house. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what was going on. Yeah. 855-450 free. The phones are loaded up with people who want to talk about this issue, talking about guns, self-defense. Add your thoughts to the conversation. It's Free Talk Live and there's more coming up. I am so excited about Pork Fest this year. Pork Fest? What's that? It's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, a fun and educational camping event put on every summer by the Free State Project. This year, it's going to be happening June 18th to the 24th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Okay, I like camping and I definitely like freedom, but my budget is tight. Tickets are only $30 for the whole week if you get them before May 1st. Well, that sounds reasonable, but what goes on there? (laughs) What doesn't go on at Porkfest? There are speakers, family fun, dance parties, karaoke, a comedy roast, hiking, campfires, sports, a wedding, and all kinds of delicious food. But the part that I like best is spending time with other people who love freedom. Mm, That's sounding pretty good to me. Where can I go to learn more? Check out Porkfest.com and make sure you spell pork like a porcupine. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Like what you see? Looks like a blast. Okay, I'm in. See you at Porkfest. While you're there, check out how you can become a VIP, very important porcupine, for a modest donation. See you at Porkfest. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. 
It's Stephanie with you. And Mark. And we certainly do have fun during the breaks, don't we, Mark? Well, you know, it's the whole reason they have them. <laughs> <laughs> you can call the show at 855-450-FREE and bring up whatever's on your mind. But we've been mostly talking about firearms, self-defense, and uh, sort of alternatives to firearms. And, you know, how, how to think about that decision of what, you know, you want to do, what whether you want to carry one or what you want to carry. And, uh, you know, it's been really interesting. The phones are loaded up, and we'll get to some of these calls in a moment. But, Precious uh, metals. A lot of people are loading up on them right now. Certainly the Federal Reserve is printing money like uh, it's going out of style. And you can get some precious metals by going to gold.freetalklive.com. We've got all kinds of coins and uh, pieces there that uh, you can get precious metals into your hands at some of the best rates you'll be able to find on the Internet. It's gold.freetalklive.com. When you buy gold from gold.freetalklive.com, you help Free Talk Live. It's gold.freetalklive.com. Yeah, just checking a phone app, and uh, silver's around $31 an ounce, and uh, gold is about sixteen fifty. Yeah, recently. I've got one on my phone, too. Really good time to buy, I would say, maybe. <laughs> Not a financial advisor, of course, but, you know. Okay, so let's go to the phones, Mark. We've got, uh, let's see, we've got Mike listening in Free Rivers, Michigan, and uh, he wants to talk about handguns, listening on WKZO. And Mike, are you with us? Oh, yeah. Yeah, thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Well, you know, on the question of firearms, uh, I'm retired military, okay. and every civilian job I have had since then has required me to be armed. Okay. And what can uh, you give us an example of some of those jobs? I can, but I'm not at liberty. Okay. I, I work uh, primarily, uh, we'll say security. Okay. Okay. Um. So needless to say, me personally, I would I would feel as uncomfortable as, say, the average guy not putting his wallet in his hip pocket. Right. Because that firearm has been so much in my apparel since my, teenage, my late teenage years. Uh, I look at it as the spare tire in your car. It's something that you, you pray you may never need, but in the one or two occasions where I have needed, it was worth its weight in gold for being there. Yeah. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I can only imagine that's true for the person who's needed, felt they needed a handgun in a particular instance, and if they were able to employ it or whatever. You know, I mean, who, it's every, anything from showing it from your shirt to being able to uh, fire it to ward off, you know, whatever it is that you're warding off. Yeah. Bears or bad guys. I think that's basically what handguns are for, bears and bad guys. And I could see that there would be certain jobs, especially if you work with wild animals or if you work with in a dangerous occupation that maybe you're more likely to you know, want that extra level of protection. And I don't believe that the government is the best a- agency to decide who gets to carry, carry one of these and who no. doesn't. Exactly. Personally, I feel anybody who chooses to carry... 50 years ago, we trained our children from day one how to safely handle the firearm. Yep. And the statistics were much better than they are now. now I think that's true. Now it's a big, ugly, black, terrible thing until you literally leave home in many cases. You know, my next door neighbor, he, um, you know, tells this story to me, and I think it's very interesting. He used to carry a rifle to school. He shot food and brought it home. Um, Now, he's, you know, in his 70s now, but Uh uh, this was when he was going to school. He would carry a rifle to school, and lots of kids did. And and, But I do think there's a difference between a rifle and a handgun. Um, I I doubt there are very many kids carrying pistols to school. I used to keep a shotgun on the gun rack in the back window of my pickup truck so that, you know, hey, doesn't taste better than chicken. We'll, we'll put it that way. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Mike. Appreciate your thoughts. 
Yeah, interesting stuff, Mark. Uh, we've got some other calls on the line. Let's bring Andrew in Utah on the air. He's listening on XM, and he wants to laugh at Brett. <laughs> Andrew, are you with us? Andrew, hi. Yeah, what's on your mind, Andrew? Oh, I, I thought it was ridiculous. Who's you that? guys are like the, the least anti-handgun slash gun group on the radio. Uh, I suspect and what he did was he heard a small segment of the of the conversation. Yeah. And then he said, oh, look at that woman. She must be a liberal. <laughs> <laughs> and the and, and what you know, when it comes to politics, politics is absolutely a threat against your neighbor. And I can understand why people who have guns feel threatened uh-huh. because they want to have those, uh, you know, they want to have that gun. They feel threatened by people who want to take away from them. I get that. I just you know, reacted probably poorly to uh, somebody making an, uh, an assumption about what I was thinking. I think people might have been entertained oh, by well, your I reaction, mean, Mark. But yeah, I mean, the we fact have that to... I'm a uh, volatile, emotionally <laughs> volatile does seem to entertain people. We, we have to emphasize, though, that like, I guess if you're just tuning in and you've only heard little snippets of this conversation, once again, we do not want to use the government to ban guns. We just want people to consider, you know, for themselves, whether that's something you know what in what it's it never hurts to think about if you're going to car- carry a gun in what circumstances would you be willing what's to use what's the value it? to you and if it is valuable to you please get training and are there any alternatives that you might rather employ we talked about some of those too well yeah it's like when i was in the military we learned escalation of force we didn't go straight to that deadly force but we went through an escalation okay so it went from being bad to worse and worst case scenario was deadly force and you know the the, the the taser thing, I think it's it, you know it's the best thing out there other than having a gun, you know in most cases. I kind of like the, uh, the there's this uh, this thing called the tiger light. Um, you know, I've, I've, tactical flashlight. It's a tactical right. flashlight with uh, it's, it's it's got super bright thing, and it's also got a uh, this pepper spray this this pepper spray that's uh, sort of um, you know high powered and in, in that it goes faster and farther um, in it. And I think that it's kind of neat because people need flashlights and to have the pepper spray right in the flashlight. It it empowers people that would not otherwise be empowered. If you're out jogging, if your wife's out jogging or something, she might not carry the 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 little 32 but she will carry this yeah and you know even now i think they're starting to make uh, are you saying that women women are less likely to carry i'm sorry mark i just i don't know but i think that uh yeah i think that that's a, a presumption that i am i have made doesn't, from sociological doesn't Nemi, uh yeah the wednesday night coast isn't she t- talk about how she carries a lot yep sure and, she does yeah yeah it's certainly and, not andrew, true all the time i'm only talking about statistics sure andrew go ahead Oh, uh, even now, I think they're starting to make them uh, shotgun tasers. Uh, got like a five-second uh, jolt. That when you shoot it out of the gun, it opens up. Interesting. You know, opens up, bends, flies down, hits the target, sets itself off, and zaps for like three to five seconds or something like that. You know, that's a good alternative for uh, home defense. You know, and then next thing you load is your uh, double-up buck or your slug or your salt rock or, you know, something a little bit more lethal. Seems like after you hit somebody with something like that, you know, like a beanbag round or something like that, you can go go to the uh, the 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 knife rack on the kitchen counter, grab one, and hold them there. Look, if you move, I'm going to stick you. At that point, you've got them. Sure, yeah. Andrew. Andrew uh, one more question I w- I'd like to ask you. You know, when you said that you learned, uh, es- I, I forget the phrase you use, escalation, oh, escalation of, force. of force. D- did you mean that was like part of your training in the military? I just wanted to clarify what you meant by yeah, that. that was- I was my primary MOS was 0311 infantry, 
So M- what's know, MLS? Was, you can MLS. tell. Okay. <laughs> so you know, it just it went from being you know it it starts off you know, trying to attain situation. Andrew, I appreciate your thoughts tonight, and thanks a lot for the call. This is a, tied to the clock. Yeah, <laughs> it's Free Talk Live. You can call in at 855-450-FREE. I know you have thoughts on this. More coming up on Free Talk Live. We're talking about guns. It's Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. <laughs> we're anti-gun liberals. No, we're just kidding. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I'm just totally joking. But we have been talking about firearms, self-defense, and asking some interesting questions about them that I think don't hurt to ask yourself, right? And, uh, of course, uh, <laughs> you can call the show at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. I got some comments on the gun issue I wanted to share, but Mark, did you want to bring a message to our listeners Yeah, first? real quick. You could join more than a million people who trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. You can incorporate your business, you can create a will or a living trust, register a trademark. They have uh, you know patents, uh, you know wills. As a matter of fact, I made my will over there at uh, LegalZoom.com, and it was fast and easy. They asked you some questions. They spit out a document. There you go. It's legal in all 50 states. They're not lawyers, but they were created by attorneys. You can use coupon code FTL to save $10 off your order. I can't remember what it was to get the, the will, but that knocks it down a little bit. It's less than 100 bucks. Uh, it's LegalZoom.com. Yeah. You're not going to find a lawyer who's going to write draft up a custom nope. one for you for that price. No. Yeah. <laughs> $10 off your order at LegalZoom.com. All right. I, I got a little message during the break that I think might spur some interesting discussion. We do have some Uh-oh. calls on the line, but I just somebody had a quick comment saying, you know, I think it's a bit of a, con- this is what this person said, I think it's a bit of a contradiction that the liberty movement is anti-violence and yet advocates for taking up guns. What do you think about that, Mark? I don't know. I mean, guns are, uh, you know, I, th- I think that, so, so violence can be defined different ways for different people. Violence can be the initiation of force. If you look it up in the dictionary, I mean, it could be the initiation of force or it can be the use of force at all in order to defend yourself. And I think that different people come up with different solutions in that area. And I don't think that there's anything, any such thing as a true pacifist. I do like the idea of using less than lethal force when you can do it, that one shouldn't use a sledgehammer when a, uh, you know, a ball peen will do the job. But what's a ball peen? A ball peen hammer is a type of. Um, oh, I, I see. I, I think it's for I think it's for working. My metal. mind went to a very different place. <laughs> I think a ball peen hammer is intended for working metal. It is a okay. you know, regular, pretty much a regular hammer head on one side and then a rounded head on the other. Yeah. And, you know, I think it is kind of a I I like that point about the liberty movement and about embracing nonviolence, espousing nonviolence. Uh, but yet but there are a lot of people who open carry, although I've I think gotta that say, there's I a rely difference. on those people to, that open carry. I think that there is less crime in an instance where people are open carrying or since uh, people know that uh, people are, are concealed carrying. You know, if I don't happen to have a gun and I'm a convicted felon. So if I were to have a gun, it wouldn't be on my hip. You understand what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, like maybe my wife would have a gun or something like that, but I wouldn't be able to do such a thing. Um, so, you know, I'm all 
always disarmed in some kind of public instance when it comes to – well, not disarmed, but I mean, I'm less than armed um, as far as other people uh, you know, yeah. go. So – you know, I guess I, to some extent, I rely on those people. Those people mm-hmm. are the, uh, they're the centuries. They're, you know, do keeping you, me safe. Do you think there's a difference between the person who's holed up in his or her home with a bunch of AK-47s and big, you know, the biggest guns they can get their hands on, the most automatic that they possibly can get their hands become, on? I think they become, they moved to the a hobbyist. Uh, well, yeah, that could be true, but there are some people who are really paranoid and angry and coming true. from a place their of hobby. abject fear. Yeah. Right. And I don't know if the, all those guns are making them feel better. Or I don't think stressed, fear, you know? fear is a very disempowered place to come from. Mm-hmm. But I can understand why some people are coming from those locations. If I was yeah. a, a, a an individual who had been raped and, yeah. you know, I felt like the best way for me to protect myself from rampant crime or whatever that I happen to see. Because if you watch the news, you'll be scared. That's what they want to do to you. Yeah. All right, let's go back to the phones. I think I have a feeling what this next caller is going to say about the subject because we've heard from him before on this on the gun issue. We got Ed in Tennessee, and he wants to talk about guns and other American attachments. Uh, so, Ed, are you with us? I am. Welcome to the show, Ed. Tell me what's How on your mind. How liberal porcupines doing? <laughs> Just fine, Ed. You know, it's hard to hug a porcupine. You know that. Yeah, I've heard. I've, okay. I've never tried. Hey, uh, but You can go online and watch Porcupine Sex. You should do that. <laughs> Don't, doesn't hey, it have uh, some... Never mind. <laughs> go ahead, Ed. Okay. Hey, I, I wish we had the zeal for the 1st, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th Amendment as we do for this ridiculous, anachronistic 2nd Amendment. <laughs> All this stuff. And Mark, you made some good points. Hey, everybody on there or everybody listening, have you been has your home been invaded when you've been in it? How many hands will be raised? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean it's ridiculous. it is it's an uncommon fear, situation. It's it, it is uncommon, but like I said, I would never and, and I know you've said the same thing, Ed, you would never disarm somebody who wishes who believes that it's the best thing to do to carry. I just don't know. I'm really I'm in a quandary over yeah. this issue, um <laughs> is is how I am. Well, Mark, you're, y'all are in one of the safest states. That's you, true. Have, you don't really don't have to worry about it. Hey, if your skin's not brown and black, you're you're very safe. Well, and, uh, and as you know, the war on drugs has destroyed them. And look, hey, you know, I got a book here from Norm. It's destroyed Stamper, everybody, I think. <laughs> yeah, I got a book here from Norm Stamper, one of the founding members of Leap. You know, law enforcement against prohibition. Yeah. And Mark made one of his comments. He says, for every armed home invasion robbery prevented by a firearm. There's at least one homeowner who has had his gun taken from him and used on him. And you know, he said yeah. here that 30,000 deaths a year due to firearms. Uh, let's see. I've heard that the numbers are very high of law enforcement officers that have their weapons taken from them and used on them. Now, I don't. This was this was told to me by a guy who was relatively high in the uh, the gun manufacturing world. I'm not willing to give his name. Yeah, it happens. But. It's it's interesting. I mean, here, here you have somebody. No one. That's can, interesting. There are a few people that are listening to me that can claim uh, that they have had as much training with handguns as police officers, and those people sometimes have their weapons taken from them and used on them. Right. Hey, Martin, you made another good point earlier. I heard you say that more home invasions are by the cops. 
<laughs> I'd like to yeah. know the statistics on that. I'll bet but you. 18, what is it? Every, every 18 seconds, 40,000 40, SWAT raids or something every 40, year? 40,000 raids a year. Yeah. I didn't think it'd be that many, is it? But maybe you're right. That's the number that I've, I've read. read. I, mean, I think I can that only comes from Radley my... Balco. I want to say that comes from the agitator blog. I can only assume he but got it from can, elsewhere. Yeah, uh, we can Norm check Stamper it. says here that a gun is 11 times more likely to be used to commit suicide than for self-defense. A <laughs> home with a gun in it is five times more likely to experience the suicide of a household member than, than homes without guns. But I so wonder... Think about it. Somebody that drinks, just think if you've got a problem, you've been drinking a lot, you know, some people drink a lot anyway. But anyway, yeah. yes. if you got, you know, mental, you got family issues and all, there's a gun. Once you pull that trigger, it's over. Yeah. How many people do you hear take an axe and kill themselves? Or well, chainsaw. You hear these ridiculous. The Romans used to slash their wrists after getting very, uh, very uh, drunk. Um, you know, and that probably be uh, in the bathtub. That would probably be pretty effective. Nice warm bath. And- oh, that doesn't always work. I, 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 neither does blowing your head off. I know there's a guy here in Keene that attempted to use a 44 to commit suicide. You'll know him when you see him. Wow. I mean, he's missing a portion of his jaw. I mean, the guy's a he's an absolute hey, wreck hey, oh. over hey, a girl. Hey, we talked about that. Sorry about that, Mark. Right we, we did talk about this, actually. Ed called my show, which is called Pork Therapy, and uh, we talked about this guy who had a, a horrific shotgun accident. Oh, he sh- he shot himself in the face. He had no jaw. He had no <sighs> nose. He had basically most of his face was missing, and he received a face transplant. And this was one of the first face transplants in the world, especially done in the manner that they did it. It was a real medical advance. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the- with yeah. the jawbone and teeth and all that missed, and that it was just that yeah. Was, but he was but, very but, severely maimed, and I mean, I'm not saying that everybody who has a gun is going to end up like that, but you now know, I wonder he, about he suicides. Now you're saying that suicides are five times more likely in homes with guns. Suicide with yes, that's what uh, uh, this book like. Did I say that Norm Stamper? But I'm I'm wondering is that suicides or suicides with a gun? Because when you're a home with a gun in it, it's five times more likely to experience the suicide of a housemate household member than homes without guns. I'm, I'm sure it is with a gun. It was from the New England Journal of Medicine, 1993. I, I would it, say it, New it England Journal of Medicine that... is very biased. They, <laughs> they really have an agenda of wanting to ban guns, but they did, they it might be a true statistic. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, I just look it up. Thanks, anyway, Ed. I appreciate we'll your thoughts tonight. Right. We thanks, thanks for the call, Ed. And there's more coming up with Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE is our number. We've got lots of people who want to discuss guns. Stay tuned for more. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. It is the last segment of this evening's program, and the phones are just loaded up. I'm not even going to give out the phone number. That's how busy they are. I'm going to have to try to get everybody's call in. So if you're on the line, please stick with us, wait patiently, and say what you got to say, and we'll try to get everybody's calls in. And by the way, I do want to let you know that Free Talk Live is on seven nights a week, so you can call anytime. If you if you don't fully get your thoughts out tonight, you can call any night There's starting night at tomorrow. 7 p.m. Eastern. And, you know, when you when you stack the calls towards the beginning of the show, you're probably more likely to get on in a Absolutely. timely manner. <laughs> Free Talk Live uh, stands behind your right to keep and bear arms, as does SACL CAI. SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable. The uh, One of the principals over there, good friend of mine, Jason Osborne, I know he carries. <laughs> you can uh, go, go to their banner at uh, freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page, SACL CAI. All right, Mark. 
as we jump right into the phones, we're going to bring on Michael in Connecticut. And he actually wants to talk about Bitcoins. Michael, are you with us? I am there, yes. Ah, thanks for calling. Yeah, Tell us about Go ahead, Michael. I want to bring up the issue of Bitcoins as I do, as I do my taxes tonight. Oh, my. And, um, Is it the last night to file or something? Actually, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay. But uh, the reason I brought up Bitcoins, because I think down in the future, I think it's, and it's probably going to, I think as more people get into them, it'll probably, probably severely curtail government, government's ability to tax people. And I think ultimately mm-hmm. will relate in will it's sort of like a barter system isn't it michael you know it's 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 an alternative currency but they're you know they're even gold uh, and silver could be kind of considered barter or trade i guess you could yeah. say I'm bar- regular currency could be considered barter. I'll yeah. trade you these three little green pieces of paper for that hamburger. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, I mean, oh, yeah. we know government doesn't like bitcoins already. They're already, you know, saying some bad stuff about them trying to regulate the uh, the secret internet, the Silk Road marketplace, and so forth. So, uh, Michael, anything else on your mind tonight? Oh, that was about it. Well, I'm sorry you have to go through that with the taxes, and uh, I wish you yeah. uh, wish you speedy recovery. Luck yeah. with that. Thanks for the call, Michael. Let's go to Joe in Arizona. He wants to respond to Ed's call about guns. Joe, are you with us? Yes, ma'am. How are you? Wonderful. Tell us what's on your mind. Hey. Uh, um, well, I don't know where to start. The guy started spewing so many uh, uh, anti-gun uh, Brady campaign numbers out. Um, I know you guys were talking about uh, 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 hot burglaries, which means uh, you know uh, how homes that are burglarized with uh, people being at home. Yeah. And I guess under the impression that it very rarely happens. Well, I can tell you it happens quite a bit. I've got and a lot is, of friends in law enforcement. What is quite a I, bit? What does that mean? Well, I know just in the past year, I live in a suburb of Las Vegas, Nevada. My neighbor's house was hot burglarized. Mm. Um, same guys came after my house several times. Now, I wasn't there. I'm a truck driver, so I'm only home a couple of days a week mm. or a couple of days a month. And did they um, were so they able kids, to get my in? Kids were there. Oh, my. Yeah, they got the neighbors. They, why it was hot, and they got in there, and they tried doing it when my kids were at home, and they finally ended up succeeding there when my kids weren't at home. They got they had four attempts, and they succeeded, succeeded one of them. I'm okay? so sorry so to hear got, that. It, it, it does happen. Sure. So luckily, I had to get my, I got my kids out of there. We moved to a different place that yeah. I could secure better. But it does happen. Now, talking about defensive uses of guns, he was talking about having gun in the house. I think he, he, he said the number, uh, uh, for every person who uses a gun to defend themselves, uh, uh, they, uh, another person gets their gun taken away from them used against them. Well, there's been studies uh, done for eons. Um, the lowest number of, of defensive uses of handguns is, is about 200,000 a year. Up to two, two, some some studies go to two and a half million times a year. Yeah, I let's think, just take I think the we've low, heard let's that. Let's just take tonight. the low number. Yeah. Now, let's, let's just take the low number, 200,000. So, if 200,000 people have used a gun to defend themselves, and most of those go unreported because once the gun is yeah. displayed, most people run off. They're never right. fired on the vast majority of times. Yeah. Okay? So, Eric, if you take 200,000 defensive uses, you, you would think 200,000 gun deaths. Of people getting their gun taken away from it reported in the newspaper, seeing as the media's anti-gun as it is. So they're talking 30,000. You're talking a vast majority of that is, is, is gang-related crime. So you, these numbers are all skewed, and a lot of those are also suicide. 
I so believe these, suicide, Joe. I believe the numbers. I believe the numbers are skewed. I mean, it. it this right. is a very biased area of research. This is one of those areas where I'm you gonna, can go on the internet and you can research it and find out exactly what you want to find <laughs> out because there are so well, many true. statistics in in this in uh, this area. And I think you're right. I, I think that probably not as many get used. Uh, you know, that that for one successful right. use, one uh, you know, one unsuccessful use doesn't mm-hmm. seem like a, well, I, a fair ratio. I can, I can tell you I'm 43 years old, and I've had a gun in my house my whole entire life, uh, many guns in my house. I was also in the Marine Corps, and I've never had a gun kill anybody that I cared about. Oh, I'm glad to hear it, Joe. And one more question for you. In the situation where the burglar attempted to break into your house when your kids were home, uh, what did? I I assume, what what happened with that? Did they repel him Um, somehow? No, the kids weren't. The kids weren't home. Uh, the, the kids weren't. The kids were home one time. They found them out in the backyard. As soon as they realized my daughter was home, they took off. Okay. Uh, a couple other times, we found windows that tried to be jimmied once they got home. Mm. And then one time, they went to take their friend to work. When they came back, they had been in the house. Um, they got a few guns. They actually took my entire gun locker. There was only a few guns in there, though. Oh wow. Um, so they didn't get everything I had. They, didn't, they only got a little. They only got a few small guns. Nothing major. All but right, Joe. I'm glad to hear. I'm really glad to hear your but, family and you are are okay. And thanks for sharing your thoughts with us tonight. Do appreciate that. Let's go to Jeff in Indiana. He wants to talk about gun free zones, and he's listening on XM. Jeff, are you with us? Yes. Good evening. Good evening. What's on your mind? Uh, you know, to me, the the most stupidest and dangerous place in the world is a gun free zone. You know, if you look at anywhere where a large people, people, number of people have been massacred, that's where you're going to find it at. Usually so, it's you because, know, the you know, can't the police have guns in those gun-free zones, ostensibly? Yeah, but there's no police in the, in the if there's nobody armed in their gun-free zone, then, you know, the only, the, the perpetrator would be the only person armed in the gun-free zone. That's, yeah, like that's the, that's the old adage over. that uh, when guns are outlawed, only the outlaws will have guns, right? That's right, and that's where you know, like I say, like a lot of the school place uh, campuses, that's where that you know had huge pastors because mm-hmm. no one was armed on the campus. And uh, what was it, over in Finland or Sweden that they had the uh, Sweden guy went once the single guy went in there and killed seventy or eighty people, I guess it was. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, you know, you wonder to yourself what would have happened if somebody had been armed in those circumstances. You, know, I mean, there's always there's always that what if, but you yeah. know, I don't play the lottery. Because I find it to be statistically unlikely that I will win, and I guess people basically you do vote. Do I? Do, <laughs> I do vote, and uh, there's the. We'll go into that later. Um, <laughs> I'll get that another time. But, Sorry, Mark. <laughs> but um, you know, I mean, and I guess you're just playing statistics when you uh, decide whether or not to arm yourself. Uh, you know, to me, an armed citizen is is a responsible person. I hope they would be responsible. I, I don't think that, I don't know uh, carrying if everybody a gun makes responsibly. one responsible. <laughs> Sadly, carrying a gun does not make one responsible. But, but Jeff, you know, I do, I do really see your point, though, that I, like Mark often says, I don't think I would be comfortable putting a sign out in front of my house that says there are no guns here. And that's not true anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so, Jeff, thanks, thanks for the call tonight. I do appreciate your thoughts. Let's go in the remaining moments of the show to Frank in New York. He wants to talk about suicides and guns. And Frank, uh, what's on your mind? Uh, Good evening. Good evening. Yes, just about suicide. In the United States, the most successful method of suicide is by gun. 53% of all successful suicides are, uh, you know, involve a gun. And uh, the big thing is if you feel you must take your life, being sort of being libertarian philosophically, 
I believe your life is your own, and if you choose to end it, you should have that right. So if you're going to do it, place the barrel under the uh, chin wow. or in the mouth and use a 45 caliber or 9 millimeter or anything bigger. And when you pull the trigger, just do it down, and that should be a very clean swift end as opposed to a very painful one. Wow. Think Frank's advice Allen. for euthanasia here <laughs> no, on Free Talk no, no. Live. Think, think, of, think of Woody Allen in the movie Hannah and Her Sisters when he talks about when he was feeling the existential angst of unknowing if there's a, a beyond or an afterlife. And he takes the twenty two rifle, puts it to his head, and he's sweating, and uh, it, the barrel misses, the gun goes off, and then he gets scared when the neighbors start banging and making noise, and then he leaves and does a long walk. And what I would say to anyone attempting or thinking about suicide seriously, think about it and put the decision away for a week. And then, you know, if you still feel bad or whatever, you know, do what you have to, but give yourself at least seven days to kind of... It, it's hard to imagine really stopping somebody who is intent upon ending their own life. And Absolutely. Whatever, whatever it and, is they're going through emotionally. And I, I can understand why really somebody difficult. who's in a, in a bad uh, physical situation... And also economically, too. Remember, most people in this material culture are defined by their jobs or their property. And It'll if get they better. lose it through no fault of their own, it puts them in an odd position. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you, Frank. Frank. Appreciate your thoughts tonight. We're done. This has been Free Talk Live online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. And seven nights a week, Free Talk Live is live. 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. It's been Stephanie and Mark. And thank you for joining us tonight.